0: We've been in a series on the book of James Uh, the last couple weeks. We've been uh, in James chapter one, and I'm really excited today. We're actually going to be jumping into James chapter two. But in this whole series, uh, it's been it's been good. We've been talking about a lot of different stuff. Uh, James, James, you know, the half brother of Jesus has been uh, just ministering to uh, to the the Jewish believers that have been dispersed. And uh, there's been different encouragements as, that he's been given to people. Put on joy, no matter what you're facing. Learn to to have that joy. You know, learn to walk in that joy. Don't blame God for what you're going through. You know, He's the Father of all good things. You know, the Father of heavenly lights. He doesn't change. Uh, you know, like He's been giving people some encouragements. And uh, and the last thing he says in chapter one, because remember, uh, as we're going through the book of James. Remember that these aren't just a bunch of isolated thoughts, right. you know, James is writing to these, pe- these believers, he's writing uh, to, to, the, to the church, to, to the Jewish believers, and as he's writing, he's following into a flow, and a lot of times we can get into the mistake of thinking these are just a bunch of isolated things, but no, they, they kind of flow together. Yeah. You know, and you can see that progression. You can see that flow, and that's what we've been doing. Is we've kind of been following that flow, mm-hmm. you know, in the book of James. And if you look at the last verse of of James, you know, after James ja- one, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> not the last verse of, of all of James, but the last verse of uh, James chapter one. Also, hi Lisa, good to see you. Um, this is what James says. You know, after he starts talking about the importance of of bridling your tongue, he says, uh, "Pure and undefiled religion." In the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress, and, and hear this, and, and put this in the comments, to, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. To keep oneself unstained by the world. Now, that's important because that actually goes into chapter two a little mm-hmm. bit as well. You know, but uh, what does holy mean?
1: Mm.
0: What, what does holy mean, if you know, put it in the comments, what does it mean to be Holy. Well, essentially what it means is to be set apart, right. right? I'm not like everybody else. I'm not like the world, you know, and, and, and when he says to keep oneself unstained by the world, if you've listened to Brother Tracy for any period of time, he, he talks about the mixture, right? Right. And that's actually the note that I have right here in my Bible is, is no, we don't want the a mixture, right? right. We don't, basically you read through the entire Bible, read through the Old Testament, and you see, Really, what God is trying to do is keep His people from blending their faith and their relationship with God with worldliness. You know, like don't have any idols before Me. Like, what what was um, what w- was Israel doing when they built the golden calf? They weren't in their minds serving a separate God. What they were doing was they were actually blending um, the the customs of Egypt mm-hmm. with. Their belief system in God, right? Mm-hmm. And because when they when they built the calf, they said, "This is you This is I am." Mm-hmm. Like the word that they use is, "This is the I am yeah. that I am." This, he's the one that brought us out of Israel when they created the golden calf. So, like what you see, there was a mixture. Now, when we look at it today, we don't we don't have as much of a problem with worshiping golden idols in the aspect of we bow down and we pray to this little it's statue. It's not something that we struggle. Yeah, it's not something that education. we're familiar with. But but um, however, you know, in today's society, I don't, you know, one of the things that we can do is we can just unintentionally and not really knowing, uh, knowingly just kind of blend our Christianity with, you know, worldliness without recognizing it. And that's the purpose of the Bible. You know, right. that's why we have the Word of God. That's why we have our Bibles, is because mm-hmm. God doesn't want us to do that. He doesn't want us to get caught up in systems that don't work. He wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be prosperous. He doesn't want when we face situations and when we face trials, He doesn't want us to handle them the way that the world handles them. You know, mm-hmm. He wants us to handle them with joy. You know, yeah. like that's not a very worldly perspective. You mm-hmm. know, like but but when we face things. If our natural default is to get sorrowful and to get depressed um, and to not put on joy and say, God's helping me to overcome this. You know, I'm an overcomer in Christ, you know, but we, we allow that sorrow to be. And ultimately what's happening is we've just defaulted to a worldly system, you know, and what do we do with that? Well, we recognize what the word says. We repent. Oh, well, I recognize there is a better way. I've been doing it the world's way. Let me do it God's way. And we repent and we just we just step into godliness, mm-hmm. step into righteousness. We don't beat ourselves up and make our make ourselves feel worse about right. ourselves. No, we just step up and enter into godliness. Yes. Oh, I recognize that this way that I've been approaching it has been more of a worldly way. Mm-hmm. Now let me do it God's way. You mm-hmm. know? And that's what James is talking about when he says to keep oneself unstained oh. by the world. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So and, and so Um, And so what he's going to get into next now, as we're transitioning into chapter two, which again, remember, there was no chapter and verse when James wrote this, you know, there's a flow. So he says, let's keep ourselves unstained by the world. And now, now as we're jumping into chapter two, this is what James says. He says, my brethren, do not hold your faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ with an attitude of personal favoritism. Mm -hmm. So what's he saying? He's talking... Basically, now he's addressing a way that the mixture has actually, and then he goes on to clarify, has actually already started to get itself into the church. Yeah. You know, um, and, and again, why would he highlight these things? Why would God highlight anything? You know, he, he wants to he,
1: expose it so that it doesn't want, hinder us.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, like we talked about it before, you know, when those impurities rise up, right? Sometimes that just looks like God shines a light on something that you didn't recognize, you know, was an issue. And when, when he puts his finger on it, on that, that issue or, or that thing that had been there, well, praise God, now we have room to grow. Right. Um, or we can be like, well, no, this is just who I am, this, and this is what makes me comfortable. Let me hold on to this, and we try to shove it down. Let's Amen. not do that. Amen? Amen. You know, <laughs> let, let, Let's allow God to, to grow us up into godliness and grow us up to be more like him. Amen? Amen. <laughs> you know, like, that's a good system. Uh, when God shines a light on something, when his word shines a light on something, I shouldn't be like, well, I don't like that or that makes me uncomfortable. No, I should say, God, I repent for having done it a worldly way. God, let me do it your way yeah. because I love you. Yeah. And we talked about that last week a little bit. But um, but then he's, so so. what James is talking about here in, in, in verse one, and, and we can continue on through the verses, mm-hmm. but he's saying, hey, your faith in Jesus Christ, don't mix it. You know, don't don't let that mixture come in. Don't don't allow a worldly thing to to come in and taint that that glory. You, you have a relationship with the with Jesus Christ Himself, with the Anointed One, with the One who is God Himself, who came to this earth and died so that you can have a relationship with God. I mean, this is who we're talking about. He's glorious. He's mighty. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. All things were created through him, according to James chapter 1. He's a big God. Let's not taint you know, that relationship with our big God by allowing a worldly th- approach and a worldly system to, to bleed into yeah. to how we approach. And, and what he's talking about here is church, our church services, yeah. right?
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing that yeah. was coming up to me as you were talking is um, I know that there can be the a temptation, at least for myself, that, okay, I don't struggle with this, then I mm. can kind of just, like, tune out. Like, I know most everybody who's tuning in today, and I know yeah. that we all have a heart to love people, to serve the Lord, to... Um, not show favoritism, because I'm pretty sure most all of us have read through this passage, you know, and we you know I'm like, okay, cool, I don't have to, this this isn't a struggle, like, I'm good with that. And so I want to um, encourage, myself included, because I know that um, it had been a temptation, like, nope, not something I struggle with, but to not tune out on this, uh, on this teaching. You know, the Word of God, even if we've read it hundreds of times over, yeah. there's still a truth that we can receive. And, you know, as Buddy was even sharing his heart with me about this, earlier, things were coming out of it that I hadn't really thought of before. So um, that just kind of came up to me as you were talking to not tune out during this just because we don't um, see rich people at the front or because we tell poor people to sit like in the back, like just, okay, I haven't done that. So, okay, this word isn't from me, but Mm -hmm. to still still tune in, still purpose to mix faith with this word that God, what do you have for me in this word today? And I'm excited what he's going to show us.
0: Amen, amen. So, um, so you know, as we're jumping into to this, yeah. you know, uh, that word favoritism. I think this is this actually kind of struck me a little bit when I was studying this out. You know, because when we look at favoritism, uh, a lot of times we think of like, I prefer this person over this person, mm-hmm. which is part of it. But you know, like, like you're my best friend. All right, you're my wife. You're my best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Like, if, if I had to choose between, you know, um, ministering to you, let's say you're going through something and, and someone that I barely know, I, I, I will minister to you first because you're my wife, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's that aspect of it, you know. Also, we have a lot in common and, and different things, and I've, I have a commitment to you, you know. So favoritism isn't just necessarily that, and we're going to talk about that a little bit. But actually, that word favoritism literally is, uh, if you go into the Greek, I'm, it's a big word, so I'm not even going to attempt to say it, But there's two parts of that word uh, that you see in the Greek, and and it literally means to accept accept somebody by their appearance. Mm. So that first word means to accept, and the second word literally means uh, by their face. But Mm -hmm. but what it's actually saying is essentially to judge a book by its cover. You know, (laughs) like uh, to accept someone based on their outward appearance. All right, And, and we recognize and we know. Uh, when you when you look back at Samuel going through the sons of Jesse, right? Like this one, oh, he's obviously the king. You know, mm-hmm. he's obviously the one that God sent me to anoint as king. And God says, uh, man judges by the outward appearance, but I judge by the heart, mm-hmm. not this one. And then they go down the line and then eventually they find David who is who is out, you know, shepherding the sheep. And he's the one that God says anoint him and he anoints him. The one who looks least qualified, the one who looks, you know... Uh, like the the one that everyone else is going to overlook. That's the one that God chose to be the King of Israel, yeah. right? And, uh, and so when we're talking about favoritism, actually let, let me give you the definition in Strong's Concordance as well for this word. The fault of one who when called on to give judgment has respect to the outward circumstances of men and not to their intrinsic merits. Basically, looking on the outward appearance and not at the heart, mm-hmm. right? Um, and they prefer as the one more worthy, one who is rich, highborn, or powerful, to another who is destitute of such gifts. So um, so when he talks about favoritism, basically he's saying, you know, and and let's be real for a second, because there's different ways that this manifests, you know, rather than just... Oh, I'm going to talk to the rich person and not the poor person. A lot of times, that that can look like I'm going to talk to the person that I have more in common with, and not to the person that I have less in common right. with. You know, that's like, big. Which, yeah, that's huge. You know, there's different ways for this to manifest. And James goes on to to show and give an illustration. He says, "Say that a rich person comes in with mm-hmm. fine rings and fine clothing and and these things." And a poor person comes in and he's dirty and he has raggedy clothing, and you tell the rich person, "Come sit at, the, at you know, the best seat in the church, and the poor person just sit on the floor, you mm-hmm. know like don't dirty up our chairs, you know mm-hmm. something like that. you know but, and, and let me tell you what James actually says about that 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 approach um, verse uh, three, and you pay special attention to the one who is wearing the fine clothing and say, "You sit here in a good place." And you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit by my footstool. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges mm-hmm. with evil motives? Mm-hmm. So, so you, you see right there, first off, the question is this. What's your why? Mm-hmm. Why are you giving that person that special seat? And why are you putting that person in that, that other seat? Mm-hmm. It's because that, one look, that person looks like he can give more money in the offering <laughs> and the other person doesn't look like he can give anything mm-hmm. in the offering, Right. Uh, your 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 motives and your method of judgment is based entirely on a worldly system, which is sight and, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's the physical senses, mm-hmm. right? Does the Bible say the just live by faith or the just live by sight, right? Faith, yeah. yeah no, it, it says we live for the righteous live by faith and not by sight. Mm-hmm. So basically, you know, what James is saying here in, in the aspect of, you know, your church services and in the aspect of how, how, not just how the pastor should conduct himself during a church service. How we should conduct right. ourselves when we come to the assembly, right? Mm-hmm. What, what, what is church? Church is not a place. Church is not a people. Church is an assembly. The yeah. word ecclesia literally means an assembly. Pa- pastor talks about it. We're, we're a, a group of citizens of a kingdom called out from our homes to gather together to set the rule and domain of an, over an area. That's what the church is. So when people say, well, the church is not a place, it's a people, and they'll use that, and, and this was big in the last couple of years, people use that as an excuse to not assemble. They use that as an excuse to just do church online and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but no, the church is in assembly, right? Right? If I'm, well, I can have church at home. No, you can't. You need to come out of your home and assemble. That's what church is. Right. You know, Now, a video broadcast, like watching church services online, there's nothing wrong with that, honestly like i I view them as a great like supplement, yes. you know that they, they help yeah. to supplement your faith, but online church should never come in place of the assembly right The Bible is clear, don't forsake the assembly right you know uh, of the saints, which is the habit of some, but we should actually gather ga- gather all the more <laughs> mm-hmm. as the day is approaching, yeah. you know so when we're assembling together we should all make sure that we're not adopting this perspective of, of favoritism um, because he, he then says, your motives are, aren't right. Your motives are basically, uh, and, and this is a good question to ask, why would someone prefer a rich the rich person over the poor person, right? Mm-hmm. Well, two reasons in particular. One, the love of money. They can give more in the offering. So let me show them some special, you know, mm-hmm. um, some special, you know, Treatment—that's Treatment, Treatment yeah. that's the word—or right? <laughs> the fear of man. You know, mm. well, they're since they're wealthy, they're pretty influential in mm. the community. They know a lot of high-end people. I don't want to get on their bad side. You know, mm-hmm. like and, and let let's be let's be just completely honest for a moment. You know, any church you go to. Um, you know, like we, we've experienced this even here where, where people start, where people have come in, there's been wealthier couples in the community that have come into this church and they've been giving big, right? I mean, we believe in big givers. We want big givers, right? But then, you know, but then it's like, you know, I think you should be doing this this way, you know? And then all of a sudden there's, there can be that worldly pressure. Oh, they want, they're they're trying to change things. You know, they're trying to, to, to. Uh, make things happen the way that they want them to happen. And, and this happens all all the time in the church. It happens all the time in the church where a wealthy person comes in and then they try to take control over it or they try to influence the pastor. And then there's that pressure on the pastor of, I don't want to lose their tithe check. You know, I don't want to lose that. But that's a whole, that's a worldly perspective. Yeah. And praise God, we don't have pastors to yeah. do that. Yeah, You know, I, like I even in my hometown, there was a pastor who went from church to church. And when he couldn't, get his way in that church. He would go to another church and mm-hmm. try to get his way, try to get on the board, try to get, a pastor. you know, uh, huh? No, a, a wealthy oh, okay. person in yeah, that community. To. And eventually he went to the point where he just started his own church and it didn't work. Um, why? Because it was actually a spirit of rebellion, but you'll see that, you know, in churches. And again, this isn't right, but, but you'll see wealthy people come in, they'll start giving big, and then they'll start to try to get their way, you know, Well, I think worship should be more with my preference. I, I really like this church. Maybe we should try to do things this way. Okay, well, I appreciate your heart. You know, I appreciate that. But this church isn't about you. Mm-hmm. You know, this church is where we're about the kingdom of God mm-hmm. and advancing the kingdom of God. And um, and so, you know, this is part of what James is addressing here is, hey, don't give into that pressure yeah. of catering to somebody just because of fear of man or the love of right, money. You know, right. And we don't do that. But, but at the same time, you know, we're talking about showing favoritism, um, you know, and that and, and again, this isn't just the pastor, mm-hmm. you know, he's not just talking to the right. pastor. He's talking to all of the believers yes. that are spread out. And again, what is favoritism? It's, it's judging some, somebody or making decisions or making actions based on a personal preference, mm-hmm. you know, not based on the kingdom of God, not based on the love of people, because yeah. that's when James goes on to say... I just realized I'm talking a lot, but give me a second. Uh, he he he. Then says this: Listen, my beloved brethren, did God not choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which He promised, um, which He promised to those who love Him? But you have dishonored the poor man. Is it not the rich who oppress you and personally drag you into court? You know, and, and kind of what he's saying is, aren't they the ones who are trying to get their way and mm-hmm. manipulate things? Mm-hmm. And it's not all rich people. No. This isn't like a condemnation to yeah. rich people. Because David was rich and he had a pure heart, yeah. Solomon was rich; he had a pure heart. Uh, God is richer than any of mm-hmm. the, all yeah. of them combined, and He has a pure heart. Yeah. So it's not condemning; uh, peop- it's not saying like people in your church can't be rich. Mm-hmm. That's not what He's saying. I I don't have time to go into all of that, but there's literally like, countless scriptures that talk about how the blessing of the Lord makes rich. You know, God wants God does want us prosperous, but He doesn't want us to be power hungry and right. controlling. Absolutely. You know, and so what He's saying is. There there have been people in your communities and in your churches who have basically been trying to, to get their way. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's saying, why are you catering to those people? <laughs> you know, why, why would you com- cater to a manipulative person? Yeah. Uh, don't do that, mm-hmm. you know. But then he says this, uh, uh, verse 8. If, however, you are fulfilling the royal law according to Scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. Mm. Okay, So, so basically... Now he's bringing it back to this commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And the question is, are we loving our neighbors as ourselves? Mm-hmm. Are we doing unto others as we would have them do unto us? Mm-hmm. You know, and so, and so that's where that favoritism aspect gets right. in, into play. You know, and, and, and we're going to talk about different ways that it can manifest, but did you have something you well, want to say? Well, I first? don't
1: want to get ahead of you, but what has kept coming up to me is what um, you had shared before was favoritism based on our own preference yeah, and how important that is like we all know different groups that we feel most comfortable around mm-hmm. but even that if i'm always going i come into church okay where's my people if mm-hmm. that's how, what my attitude is all the time that's then that's something that I need to be aware sorry just, then that's mm-hmm. something that I need to be aware of in yeah. myself no i I can't be showing favoritism in this way in yeah. viewing it not as um, a little body of just a few people no we're <laughs> a large body of many different types of people who are gathering yeah. and i'm not go i don't want to give myself to mm-hmm. um just to the favoritism of my preferences. Who are the people who are outside of my comfort zone that I need to be reaching out to? I remember um, Pastor Nicole was talking to the ladies of Boomerang at the beginning of the year, and she was saying, uh, you know, be intentional about reaching out to someone who mm. you're not comfortable with. She says, start with the people who intimidate you, who you really feel uncomfortable with. And we yeah. were just all laughing about that, but it's true. Yeah. Because that's a form of division. When the, when, yeah. okay, I don't know them. We're not really that similar. Uh, we don't really think alike. Whenever you're able to get people, and it's oftentimes the people who are so polarized, and especially whenever there there has been tried to be division there, mm-hmm. uh, or jealousy, or whatever it is, and those people are well, I can't, I just can't get to know her. I just don't have anything in common with her. Whatever, those are often the people who, when God's able to bring them in unity, yeah. they can be some of the strongest people together. And if we can get over the favoritism, you know, I just don't feel comfortable around this person. Then God's able to do something big in that unity. And that's Mm -hmm. where the commanded blessing is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and recognize the devil's going to do whatever he can to disrupt unity in the body of Mm -hmm. Christ. Why? Because the body of Christ is powerful. The body of Christ is the very thing, you know, that's keeping the devil back from being able to do what he wants to do. You Mm -hmm. know, Uh, the body of Christ the, B- the Bible says it very clear that the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Mm-hmm. So when we're in unity, the devils, the devil can't do a thing about it. Right. The only thing he can do is to 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 deceive us into, into thinking that a small form of disunity is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, and um and James gets into that a little bit here here shortly. But but basically, like but you got to ask yourself, you know, whenever I walk into church, what what's what what's my initial thought? You know. Let me find the people that I'm comfortable around and I'm going to go and I'm just going to stick with them the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's, that's favoritism. I'm, I'm preferring someone who makes me comfortable over uh, that new guest that just sat down in the church that I don't know and it's a little uncomfortable for me because I'm an introvert, you know, to go mm-hmm. and say hello to them. I, I'm, I'm bringing preference right there. You know, mm-hmm. that's favoritism. Um, now, does that mean I don't talk to my friends? No. Um, But I should treat everybody, you know, anyone who walks into that, into that church, I need to show them the love of Christ. Again, love your neighbor as yourself. This is the commandment that James is addressing. Yeah. You know, um, you know, honestly, another way that we can show favoritism is just favoritism towards me. You know, sometimes (laughs) my comfort is, you know what? I know I need to come to church, but I'll make sure that I come in after worship starts and leave before the fellowship starts mm-hmm. to happen because I'm uncomfortable with, <laughs> with, you know, saying hello to other people. That's a form of favoritism. That's favorite, favoriting myself yeah. over others, right? And the Bible says we should, uh, we should actually prefer one another above ourselves, you know, um, or, you know, uh, uh, like a, another thing that we can do is, well, I'm just going to stick with my family, you know, or, you, you know like diff- different things like that. Uh, that's a form of division because I'm not actually entering into the unity where the commanded blessing yeah, comes on me. Yeah. You know, God wants to pour out His blessing on me. He yeah. wants He wants me to be a part of a body that is going to cause me to thrive. You know, right. um, that that these are the these are some of the small subtle ways that we can show favoritism. That yep. God shining a light on it, just so, not so we can beat ourselves up and be like, "Well, I'm just such a terrible person." Not also not so that we can be like, "No, this is just who I am." Right. But so that we can be like, okay, God, I recognize that this is a worldly system that I've been operating by. I'm going to repent. And now, God, I want to operate by your system.
1: What yeah. When you said that, it just kind of jumped in on me. If every joint is supplying for the body mm-hmm. and somebody might be feeling uncomfortable or I just don't belong, then we need. Okay, I just want to say. We need your supply. If the Lord has yeah. called you to this body and you might feel uncomfortable or um, like I just don't fit in, we need your supply. One thing that jumped up at me was something I so appreciated Juliet in the comments saying a few days ago, you know, the how the enemy had tried to tell her that she just didn't fit in, she didn't belong. And praise God, she was able to identify that. And she is so much a part of the body. The body needed her. We were missing her because... The Lord had called her to this body. And so if their enemy has... And honestly, the enemy has probably tried it on every single one of us. I just don't belong. I don't fit in. Whatever. Mm -hmm. But we need you if every joint is supplying we need your supply it's not a matter of just like okay i need to repent and get over myself and i guess i need to become more extroverted no we need you we need your supply the lord has created you with a supply that this body needs so even if you don't go to boomerang where has the lord called you to be planted That body needs you and needs your supply and needs you in unity in that so that the commanded blessing can be on you. You are not small potatoes. You are not, well, they can handle everything without me. No, they need you. They need, yeah. yeah. We, we we need. We're a body. The body can't yeah. be missing a pinky toe. And it it'll hurt. Something's mm-hmm. missing. Even if it's the pinky toe, the pinky toe nail. We all have a joint that uh, we all have a supply that we need to be able to bring to that. The body yeah. needs us. We need each other.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and and so it's really important for us to to recognize. You know, like yeah. I, I'm like my my role in the body is not to be disconnected in the in the back corner and just you know wait for the service to be over mm-hmm. you know like mm-hmm. that's not that's not what we're called to do we're called to to be family yeah to step up and to to be a part of what God again the devil wants to do whatever he can to keep us disunited mm-hmm. from the body you know why because that's where our life source is yeah. you know that's where that's where our source is is in the body you know mm-hmm. that's when we're plant those who who are planted in the house of the Lord they'll flourish in the courts yeah. of, of our God you know they'll, they'll flourish in the courts of heaven and so God has designed a system for us to flourish. Mm-hmm. Um, and the world has designed a system for us not to flourish, you mm-hmm. know, for us to may- maybe maybe in the world system we can have money, but we're miserable the whole time. Like mm-hmm. God's de- developed a system where we can have all the blessings of God, all the goodness of God, and be happy about it. Yeah. You know, that's what God wants for us. But again, th- and this, But again, this is why God wants to make sure that we're avoiding the mixture, you yeah. know, the, the blend of, well, you know, I'll serve God in the areas that make me comfortable and I'll kind of serve my flesh in the areas mm-hmm. that make me comfortable. So as long as, as long as what God tells me to do doesn't cross the line of my comfort, I'll do it. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a mixture, right? And what we're talking about right now, I mean, honestly, some of these pieces, they're not fully comfortable to my flesh either. <laughs> you, know? Um, you know, I had been in, more introverted in my tendencies. It had been more comfortable for me. To, to hang around with the people that I'm more comfortable with rather than you know the people that I've never met before but that doesn't but just because I had been an introvert does that mean I can be disobedient no <laughs> you know um that's not an excuse for disobedience all I need to do is really put down my flesh mm-hmm. and just do what God's called me to do and then it gets easier yeah. you know and then, and then it'll get easier and easier and easier as I just give myself to godliness. And
1: you find a family and a unity that yeah. we wouldn't have had before. I made that mistake. I was so closed off when we first got here. And I wasn't able to be able to walk in the unity like I could mm. have been that whole first year. Because I was yeah. so closed off yeah. and not giving myself to the body and to the yeah. unity of being with family. There's a... Yeah. There's a family that you have access to if we're willing to give ourselves to that process.
0: Yeah. So, so, so hear this then when we walk into a room, when we walk into church, when we walk into, um, you know, let's like impact university or something like that. What's our heart? What's our, why am I here? Um, because I love God Mm -hmm. and because I want to honor him and because we're assembling as a family as the body of Christ mm-hmm. and let's build one another up or am I here to just check a box? Mm-hmm. I went to church on Sunday. I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. like because if if I'm just there to check a box? Yeah, I'll just I'll, I'll you know slip on in after worship starts and then I'll slip on out You know right after service and not talk to anybody that's just to check the box. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not like yeah I'll, I'll hear a good message but I'm not actually connecting myself with the thing that wants me yeah. to thrive. You know. Yeah. Um, or like if I, slide, if I come in and I just connect with the people I'm comfortable with, who knows, the Lord probably wants to utilize me to minister to somebody uh, that's coming in that right? Sunday, but I've completely closed that off because I've, I'm mm. just doing what I'm comfortable with. You know, I need to, all, the pastor says this, and you can put this in the comments, but pastor says this all the time. Always be open to instruction, correction, and redirection. Always be open to instruction, correction, and redirection. And um, if, I'm, if I'm caught in my bubble of bias, my bubble of comfort, I'm not opening myself up to correction, inst- instruction, correction, and redirection. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm, I'm kind of just staying where I'm comfortable. And if, if the Lord is trying to lead me, hey, see that new guest, I want you to go talk to them. You know, I, I'm our, oh, but I'm over here and I'm talking to this person. I'll just minister to them. You mm-hmm. know, no, no, be open to that, you know. And 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 one way that we can always be open to that is to keep our eyes and ears open and we're looking around. Okay, God, who, who do you want me to reach out to right now? And, and oftentimes God will lead us to the people that we don't know or the people that we're not as comfortable with. Why? Because he wants us to grow. He wants us to develop the body of Christ, mm-hmm. you know. So we're not judging um based on outward appearance, we're not judging based on our own comfort or familiarity. We're not we're not making judgments in these aspects based on um you know these things, these outward things. You know, well, we have a lot in common. So of course I'm going to talk to this person. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter, really. You know, are you loving your neighbors as yourself, like all the neighbors mm-hmm. or are you just loving specific ones? Cuz mm-hmm. again, this is how that worldliness, you know, Operates is and Jesus talked about this when he said, um, you know, you've heard it said, love your neighbor, hate your enemy, or whatever. Love your friends, you know, Mm -hmm. hate your enemies. But Jesus says, let me switch it up for you. Just love everybody, you know. Mm -hmm. Love your enemies, you know, because he said, because if you just love those who love you and hate those who hate you, you're no different than the world. Mm -hmm. You know, you're no different than the sinners Mm -hmm. because you're hanging out with the people who who uh, who you're comfortable with and the people who love you. But what about that person, you know, over there? They might be irritated with you. They might not like you at all. Show them love. You know, it's mm-hmm. basically what Jesus is saying. And and again, there there's that that holiness, you know, separation that takes place there. You know, it, I'm not acting any different than the world if I'm only hanging out with the people that I like. You know, because that's what the world does. Um, but if I'm acting, if I'm want, wanting all of my actions and all my decisions to be set apart from the world, yeah. then I need to do it in a different system, and that system is i I'm loving everybody, you know I'm always open to love whoever walks into this door and, and to sh- put a smile on and to ask them how their week was and and to introduce myself to them if I don't know them and and to point them to the love of Christ, you know nobody should walk into this church and and not see the love of God actively manifesting yeah. in them, whether they look wealthy or whether they look like they just walked out of a toilet, you know like like mm-hmm. whoever they are, however they look. You know, honestly, that person who just w- looks like they just walked out of a toilet, they could be the very next pastor of, of Boomerang Church, you know, Timbuktu. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and, and they just need love. Yeah. Because recognize, God sees in, in people what we can't see in the natural. That's good. Again, God doesn't look at the outward appearance. He looks at the heart. Yeah. And so when God looks at somebody, he doesn't see their position. He sees yep. their potential. When God looks at you, he doesn't see your position. He sees your potential. He sees what you can be and the things of God. And that's what a good spiritual leader and a good spirit-led person sees in people. When they see a new person walk in, they don't see someone. Oh, that's just someone I don't know. Let me go talk to the people I, I know. No, what they see is that's a child of God they, that's someone that I should pour my love out into that's somebody that i should that I should lift up and, and build up into the things of God yeah. Now it's not like it's your job to to um, to be their pastor, but it's your job to love them
1: yeah
0: it's your job to show them the love of Christ and to be that initial touch because like let's let's be honest for a moment like I know the first person i like I remember the first person I met when i went to our last church mm. when i when i entered yeah. it. i remember the first person that showed me love here i remember the first person wow. that showed me love you know like the first person like yeah. that first connection that you make when you walk into a new place it, it's a powerful That's connection big. you know uh, let, let's kind of fight to be that that <laughs> that connection with people like let's fight to be because the bible says let no debt remain outstanding yeah. among you except <laughs> the continuing debt to love That's one another good. That's you good. know so like like if i if i want to like you to be indebted to me in any way it's I want to out love you you know
1: (laughs) suddenly everyone's going to be fighting to be on the parking lot team because that's everyone's first touch is that that wave from the parking lot team and they've been effective Mm -hmm. there are so many testimonies from that parking lot team that is so good
0: so so recognize yeah Hannah Siller I remember well it was Priscilla she was so inviting like like you remember those first connections those are powerful connections and I'm not just talking about like the first person that you say hello to I'm talking about the first person first that walks up to you and yep. makes a connection with you. That's Hi, this, this is my name. Like, what brings you here? Like, yeah. you know, how'd you hear about us? Oh, well, we're so blessed to have you. That's so but good. let me, do you, can I get you a water or anything? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, those are the connections that mean a lot yeah. um, to people. Those are the connections that mean a lot to people. So, so you know, as we're talking about favoritism and, and those things, you know, you can see the heart of God in mm-hmm. it. You know, um, that's the very thing that can connect people to the life-giving power of God. Yeah. You know, is by me not... Being clickish, because in the there are no clicks in the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. Put that in the comments. There are no clicks in the kingdom of God. How do you spell clicks? Is it with a Q? Yes. Okay. There are no clicks with a Q in the (laughs) kingdom of God. Um, Put that in the comments, because that's not how God operates. Yep. Does does God show favoritism? Does He show partiality? No.
1: No. (laughs) I was like, wait, (laughs) is this a trick question?
0: No, it's not a trick question. The Bible says as you're like,
1: I'm God's favorite. Yeah.
0: No, the Bible says he shows no favoritism. <laughs> right. You know, there's no partiality with
1: mm-hmm.
0: God. Um, you know, if God healed one person, he'll heal another. Yes. If I'll say hello to one person, I should say hello to yes. another. You know, if God'll bless one person, he'll bless another. Yeah. You know. Um if if I will pour out my love on one person, I should pour out my love on another. Yeah. Uh, don't we want to be like God? Yes. Yeah. So let's not show yep. favoritism. You know, yeah. let's not show partiality. We love everybody. Yeah. Um, now, um, honor is a little bit different. Yeah. You know, it's it's because di- honor. You know, partiality is like I'm judging someone, judging a book by its cover, or whether or not I think I can agree with them, or whether or not I like their personality, mm-hmm. or different things like that. Uh, honor is a command. You know? yeah, now, good. like, there's a command to honor. You know, Jesus gives a parable in Luke in the book of Luke, about, you know, a seat of honor. Now, mm-hmm. we shouldn't be seeking out the best seats. We shouldn't be seeking out the seat of honor, because if so, if someone more honorable comes in, we might lose our seat, and it's a little bit embarrassing. You know, yeah. Jesus gives that illustration.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, um, uh, and, and, and so we're not seeking the best seats. We're not seeking the best things, you know. Like, I think Pastor just recently went to a camp meeting that he's never been to, mm-hmm. you know. And he wasn't seeking out, like, I mean, there, there have been people, like, at, at at certain camp meetings, like ministers who have fought, you know, fist fought over getting the best seats, mm-hmm. better seats, you know like no, we don't do that, yeah. we just you know like you'll also have people who come to a church and like here's my spiritual resume, here's all my gift things. no, your gift will make room for you, not you talking about your gift, you know? but um but what I should be doing when I enter into a room, when I come to a place, i'm here to just be a blessing i'm here. To shine the light of Christ. You know, that's why I'm here. And, and Pastor didn't go for the front row, you know. Well, I'm a minister. I should go for the front row. No, he, he just sat, you know, probably in the middle, probably for the back, mm-hmm. probably wherever he could find a seat, yep. right? The very next day, he's in the front row, yep. and this is at a meeting that he's never been a part of before. Yep. Why? Because he's just there to bless people. Yep. He's just there to serve and to minister, you know. And and, and I've, I've seen him do that this countless times, you know even at Southwest Believers' Convention, Brother Copeland's, where there's tens of thousands of people there, mm-hmm. right? Like, I, I did nothing to do this, but I'm like sitting on the front row and right in front of me is, is uh, Bill Winston. Yeah. And I'm like, I should not be here. <laughs> but what did Pastor, how, how did I get there? Years Only spent. by being connected to Pastor. Yes. But Pastor spent years and yep. years not fighting for the best seats, not fighting for position, not fighting for any of that. He just came and was serving. You know, he how, can to I, people. how can I yeah. minister? How can I serve people? And God again, who does the promotion? Who who does those things? God. Yep. You know, the one who looks at the heart. Yeah. The one who doesn't look at the outward appearance. The one who doesn't look at, oh, they got they got a you know a five thousand dollars suit on. We should probably put them mm-hmm. up front. No, no. Like God doesn't look that way. Yeah. You know, but but God does show honor, yeah. and God God honors those who humble them, themselves. You know, those who honor God honors. You know, and so honor is different because, you know, someone could be like, well, if we're talking about not giving the best seats to the rich people, why do we have, you know, seating in our services for ministers and stuff like that? That's a
1: good clarification. You know, uh,
0: there's a difference between partiality and and honor. We're commanded to honor. It's primarily those who labor in preaching and teaching of the word. Mm -hmm. We have a command to honor them. And so, and again, in Jesus' parable, he does show that there is a seat of honor, Mm -hmm. you know, at the table that... There is a place to to seat those who in a position of honor. But in James's parable or, or in James, James's story, he's just talking about, oh, that person looks rich; let's give them the best right. seat. That's a completely outward appearance right. approach to it, and that's worldliness. Yeah. But honor is commanded, and that's what what we do here is yeah. is those who are worthy of honor, we honor them. Right. You know, by giving them the the, the seats of honor, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's good. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, you know, basically to wrap this up, um, James begins to basically go into, and, and, you know, we, like someone can be like, well, I'm I'm not killing anybody. Mm. You know, like I'm not, I'm not a murderer by just hanging out with the people that I'm comfortable with. No, again, why would God shine a light on something? You know, hey, let's wake up to this. The, the impurities are rising to the surface. Yeah. We're seeing them. God's exposing these things. Why? So that we can deal with them and grow. But James then begins to address the mentality of like when we're talking about partiality like sin is sin. Yeah. You know, deal with it, grow with grow after you deal with it, after you get rid of it, grow into godliness, but don't but don't be like, well this isn't a big deal. You mm-hmm. know, this is just who I am. Basically, anytime someone mm-hmm. refers to their sin as this is just who I am, what they're ultimately doing is they're excusing away conviction. Mm-hmm. And they're looking for a reason or or they're basically saying, yeah, but this sin isn't that bad. And that's that's a horrible perspective, because that's this that's a completely me focused perspective of I'm going to do what I want. You know, I'm going to sin how I want. You know, like that's essentially what you're saying. This is just who I am. I'm just I'm just I just talk a lot. You know, like I just you know, I just like I, I'm just an introvert. You know, that's just who I am. No, don't excuse away your yeah. disobedience obey, you know, Good. and God will give you a grace to do it, and God's not one to beat you up, but but uh we need to expose these things, you know, mm-hmm. and th- this is what James basically goes on to say, because he says this, um for whoever keeps the whole law yet stumbles at one point has become guilty of all, so mm-hmm. it's like, if I get pulled over for, like, running a stoplight, you know, and I tell the cop, yeah, but I didn't kill anybody, <laughs> yeah, but you still broke the law, Here's your bu- here's your ticket, you know what I mean, yeah. like, it's not like, okay, you didn't do this you didn't break this law, but you still broke the law. Yeah. You know, so like stop, stop trying to compare, you know, sins. Yeah. Stop trying to compare things. You still broke the law. Mm-hmm. You know, you broke the whole thing by breaking one aspect yeah. of it. You know, um, he says, for he who said, "Do not commit adultery," also said, "Do not commit murder." Now, if you do not commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you become a transgressor of the law. So, so speak and act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty, for judgment will be merciless on the one who. Uh judgment will be merciless on to one who has shown mercy, but mercy so triumphs no mercy. over judgment. So so basically what he's saying here is he's saying like, hey, don't try to not don't take don't not take this seriously or take this seriously. You know? Yeah. Like, like when God is exposing an area of your life where you haven't been honoring him or where you've been more worldly, don't just downplay it. Don't just try to shove it back down. No, it's brought to the surface. Just deal with it and throw it away. We will be judged, you know, mm-hmm. even believers will be judged. Now, is there's there's different judgments and I don't have time to go into all of that, but there's there is the there's the judgment on will I enter into heaven and hell or or will I go to hell? And that's entirely based off of have I received the blood, you know, of Jesus? Have I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior? Mm-hmm. And and have I and and if I have, I've received that righteousness. I'm going to heaven, yeah. you know, because I've I've confessed He's my Lord. I believed in my heart that He raised me from the dead. I'm saved. All yeah. right. So the judgment, that judgment is not based on my works. That judgment is based on is the blood. Do I have the is the blood on me? Kind of like you know, the blood on the doorpost. Yeah. You know, they passed over. So I have the blood of Jesus on me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. So that judgment's already been determined. I'm going to heaven. You yeah. know but there is going to be a judgment that determines uh how my my position and how my eternity is played out and that judgment is based on my works and what I basically it's based on what I do with God, what God's given me have I been faithful with what he's given me right well done good and faithful servant enter into the joy of the lord mm-hmm. right based on um the the okay God's given me a commandment have I been faithful with what he's commanded me to do you know mm-hmm. And and that'll determine, you know, just different aspects of my eternity. Um, but ultimately, like, I shouldn't, like, fear or anything like that, you know. There there are going to be rewards based on what I do. Like, that's that's true, right? Because judgment isn't always bad. A lot of times we think of judgment as bad, you know. My judgment is I'm gonna go to heaven. That's a good judgment, you know. There, yeah. there are good judgments, too, you know. Um, and so what I want is I wanna get to heaven and hear God say, well done, good and faithful mm-hmm. servant but not just like in a, yes, I I prayed the prayer. No, I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant because my heart's for him. And so when he shows things in my life that aren't fully holy or fully godly, well, God, because I love you, because I want to serve you and because I want to receive a good verdict, a good judgment, you know, God, you shine a light on something. Let me deal with it quickly so that I can enter into more holiness and more godliness. And why? Because God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You know, if I'm excusing away my sin, I'm not diligently seeking Him, and I'm not going to receive the, the full rewards that He has a desire to bring into my life. Um, so let's just, when God shines a light on something, let's just deal with it and grow. And reap the benefits and rewards yeah. of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what a blessing. And in and, 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 and this particular part, you see the reward and the blessing of, that comes through unity, you know? Yeah. Through unity in the body of Christ, through unity. Yeah. And I'm not just picking and choosing who I like and mm-hmm. who I don't like. No, I, I'm just walking in the fullness of God. That's good.
1: Amen. Yeah. This has Amen. been a good word. I um I know that in the past, when I'd read this whole passage, I hadn't really seen it in the aspect of, uh, the promise of unity and the mm. command of unity yeah. and um, looking of favoring myself or favoring the people that I tend to yeah. like to be around. But what a blessing it is whenever I um, pursue unity in that yeah. way, way by seeking out, Lord, who do you want me to connect with, Lord? Where where should I be um, Connecting, you know, and yeah. uh, but really implanting and knowing that as I'm doing that, I'm bringing my supply to the body. I'm bringing yeah. my supply. I'm not withholding that. Me mm-hmm. staying in my comfort zone and when I'm comfortable is withholding that from the body as a whole. And they need that from me. And yeah. uh, so it's been a good word. I've I've been receiving. Amen. good.
0: Amen. Yeah. And, and, and you know, there's one verse you know in this that I do want to point out yeah. um, before we wrap up, and it, and it's this. Um. Uh, verse five, listen, my beloved brethren, did not God choose the poor of this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom, which he promised to those who love him? Uh, like there's so much in this verse, like we could go for a while, but but, but, he says, this, listen, listen, Linda, like listen, um, did not God choose the poor, the poor of this world. You know, that, that word poor is spiritually poor. It's the same word you see. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for yeah. they shall inherit the kingdom. Okay. Like, you see you see that parallel right here, because they're the those who are going to inherit the kingdom of God. But also, you know, it can mean, you know, the materially poor. Yeah. But what does he say that God chose them for? To be rich. Yeah. You know, um, rich in faith towards God. But when I'm in rich in faith towards God, you know, without faith it is impossible to please him. But those who come to him must believe that yeah. he is and that he is a rewarder. So... So recognize that somebody's momentary position is doesn't determine their their entire eternity, right? There, there, like when when that person makes a quality decision to go after the things of God, God they su they in that moment suddenly become rich in faith towards mm. God, and then they become inheritors of the kingdom. And the kingdom of God is not a kingdom of lack. It's not a kingdom of poverty. It's not a kingdom of those things. So basically, what he's saying is when that person comes into your services, don't judge them oh look look at where they're at or or honestly, they could come into that service like the most messed up sinner you know um you know and and so what how do we approach that person? They can come in like wearing the clothing that's not that great you know like are we going going to approach them from the perspective of you're a sinner you're going to hell or should we approach them from the perspective of Man, if you just give your life to Jesus, he's going to change everything. Yeah. You know, let me love you into the kingdom. You know what I mean? Like, let me love you so that you can become an inheritor yeah. of the kingdom. See, oftentimes what God does, God, God likes to show off, you know? Like he likes <laughs> mm-hmm. to show himself strong on people's behalf. Um, you know, you, ne- you never know what some why someone's coming to a church for the mm-hmm. first time. They could be coming in because life's fine and they just saw the sign and they saw the people waving outside and they came in. They could have come, came in because they're on their last leg, you know. Like this, this is, and, and this is important for just ministers to hear. Like whenever we're preaching, you know, whenever we're we're ministering the word of God, whenever a minister is ministering the word of God, um, you don't know what the people that are listening are going through. You know, you, you have marriages that are on the brink of, of being split. You have, um, you have uh, drug addicts that are just so desperately wanting to find a place of hope. You have people who, who their parents have abandoned them. And they just, they need people to love them. And, and as they come into that service, you know, they need a life-changing word of God. They don't need a good oration. You know, they don't need a good message. They need the anointed word yeah. of God. You yeah. know what I mean? And that's not just for the ministers. That's for all the, the, the congregation as well. When those people come in, you know, you don't, the, you don't know who's been coming to the church for, for years, you know, you don't know what they're going through that Sunday. Yeah. They just probably need an encouraging word, someone to give them a hug, someone mm-hmm. to give them a high five and to let them know that they're loved, yeah. you know, um, and we want to make sure that we're those people, you know, that, that we're stepping out, that we're entering in and we're giving people the very life giving power of God that they need That's that good. day, yeah. you know, It's not just the responsibility of the pastors to be led on a Sunday morning. That's good. It's not just the responsibility of the pastors to to minister love to people. That's good. No, that's every joint supplies, you know, because again, God God has called them, those people, you know, they might feel poor and they might physically be poor. They might just feel like I got nothing left to give you today, God. And your hug could just supercharge, you know, the life giving love of God, and now, all of a sudden, oh praise God like I, I I can do this, you know what I mean, like like we need each other, you yeah. know, iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another that can't happen without contact, yeah. you know um you know, every joint supplies my joint can't bring its supply if there's not if it's not connected, you yeah. know, and so let's be the people who pour out into those who might not look like they're at the best place in the kingdom right they might they might be. In the baby phase, in the baby steps, you know? They might be, they might be well down the path, you know? Mm-hmm. And the devil just gave them a right hook, you know? Um, no matter what, let's be the hands and feet of God and love our neighbor as ourselves yeah. and be the people who, I'm not just going to talk to the people who I'm comfortable with talking to. I'm going to love everybody. That's good. And God will bless that, honestly. And God, God looks at that heart and he blesses and he yeah. rewards that Amen. heart.
1: Amen, that's
0: good. So, so let's pray. For the people, and um, and let's believe that you know if if you had been one of those people who man, um, you know I I've been more me focused when coming into church, when coming into work, when coming into wherever you go to. I've been more me focused. Well, let's let's grow in that, and God's yeah. going to give you a grace to 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 work to work that out of your life. He's going to give you a grace so that you could go up. Um, if Honestly, if you're watching today and you're like, well, honestly, I'm that poor person. Like I, I feel like a miserable wretch. I feel like I I don't even know how God could love me. I want to let you know right here, right now, God loves you. He has a great plan for your life. He, Every thought he has towards you is good. He, He wants to prosper you. He wants to bless you because he's a good father. And we want to be that touch for you that builds you up and encourages you. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what you're dealing with today. You know, life could have been going good and the enemy could have tried to come in and mess everything up, but I'm telling you, your future is bright. God has yeah. God knows your future and your calling is is to go up. And so, and so right now, I just right now in Jesus name, God, I ask your blessing, your grace and your supernatural peace be on everybody watching today. God, if everything just looks bleak right now, God, I pray Lord that you will shine your glorious light into the into their lives right now. God, right now, wash them and pour out your love and your light and your peace on them today. Father, you know the plans you have for them, plans to prosper them, not to harm them, to be, but to give them a future and to give them a hope in their future, God. God, if the enemies try to rob them of their hope, Father, right now, we just call hope to be, God, because hope does not disappoint, God, joyful, confident expectation in your promises and in what you said does not disappoint us. God, people could have disappointed us, uh, situations and circumstances could have disappointed us, but Father, you will never disappoint us. God, we come to you right here and right now. We receive your hope, your joy, and your love. And Father, right now, we receive your grace to be the hands and feet of Christ. We receive your grace to, to show love and to shine your light. God, we're a city on a hill. Uh, we're, we're we're a light on a hill, God. I thank you, Lord. We're not going to snuff out that light by just hiding back and shrinking back into our places of comfort. No, God, we shine that light. We let people see that light. And when people are drawn to that light, we love hell right out of them. God, we thank you, we praise you, and we receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Praise God, that was great.
0: Amen. Yeah. Did you have anything else that you wanted to say before we... No, sir. Okay. I like you. Um, well, guys, we love you. Thank you for joining us today. If, you, if this had ministered to you, put some fire in the comments. Put some hands up in the comments. Uh, let us know that, that this was a blessing to you. Also, um, we want to let you know that we sow this broadcast into you. The Lord's leading you to sow into this broadcast, to sow into this ministry. You can go to giveww.org, give and you can give there. We have a bunch of different ways to give. You can find that find all those different ways there. Uh, we also want to let you know, as we mentioned already, we have a group of people going to the Philippines to minister the yeah. gospel. So if you want to sow into that trip, you can go to giveww.org and give there as well. Make sure you put in the memo that is for the Philippines right. trip, and that'll go uh, towards funding that trip. But um, we're going to pray for every seed sown. we'll so Yeah, do you pray?
1: amen. Father, I thank you for every sower of, Lord, I thank you as they're sowing into this word. Lord, I thank you for the breakthrough over them, Lord. I thank you for the harvest that is coming back into their lives. It's pressed down, shaken together, and running over into their laps. Lord, I thank you for the generous givers that we have on the Lunch Plus broadcast. And Lord, I thank you for the breakthrough that is coming to their home today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.